Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hi, I'm Naomi Benningson from the Health and Wellbeing team at NHS Employers. In this podcast, you will learn about Northumbria's resilience training programme and the impact it has had on their staff. We joined them for their Train the Trainer update session to find out more. Shall I venture into session two? Um, Without much further preamble then, we launched straight into a mindfulness practice using the Finding Peace in a Frantic World Exercise 1. My name's Dr Paul Flaxman. Uh, I'm a senior lecturer in organisational psychology at City University of London. And I've been working with acceptance and commitment therapy in the workplace for uh, the past 17 or 18 years or so. Uh, Particularly um, training new trainers to deliver the intervention within their organisations to increase the take up and spread the impact. Hi, my name's Teresa Jennings. I'm a consultant clinical psychologist in occupational health. So the resilience training is um, based on a model called acceptance and commitment therapy, which is basically um, a model that we've been using in our psychological practice individually in our clinical work, but that we've also been trained in using with staff that involves two aspects. One is teaching mindfulness skills as a way of dealing with difficult thoughts and feelings, and the other aspect of it is about helping people move towards a valued life and doing what's important to them and that it's applicable in their work lives and their home lives, and that's the beauty of it really for for staff. We conducted a research project looking at the effect of the ACT training on staff's psychological wellbeing, and yeah, found some very strong effects. Um, And then we secured some more funding that allowed us to train uh, trainers, and it was at that point that uh, we were able to train Teresa and her whole team in, in using ACT. Some of that had come up in some of the sessions about that there just isn't time to be in the beam. We wanted to start the resilience training in the organisation as a preventative measure in terms of improving people's well-being and reducing risk of absence because we felt that we had a lot of support in place for staff in terms of individual support sessions that they could access if they were starting to become ill or go off sick and that was quite a reactive support service but we also wanted to do something to enable people to stay well in work so I think that was what attracted us to thinking about a different way of doing things here. So we talk a little bit about these two modes of mind so doing is the problem solving mode of mind when we're analysing when we're planning, when we're predicting, when we're worrying, ruminating. I feel the training here at this trust has had a, had a huge impact. In one way, just through the sheer numbers of staff that they've been able to train. Um, the other thing is the data that we've collected from the training that Teresa and her team have conducted here, where we see clinically significant improvements in staff mental health through just a relatively brief workplace training programme. Um, And I think that's incredibly powerful, particularly in the current climate where there can be long waiting lists for one-to-one psychological help for staff. Being able to offer a group training programme is very effective, very efficient. That that just being... Yeah, I think that's important because a lot of people that are coming onto our groups and training are rushing in from a busy shift somewhere. Mm -hmm. We reckon that to date we've probably trained around a thousand staff 
Um, we started the training in about 2012, so we started testing it out, I suppose, with smaller groups based on the research that Dr. Paul Flaxman was doing at the time, and that was evaluated in a really positive way, so we started to roll it out. Um, on a wider scale to all occupational groups but within the last year we've been focused particularly on the nursing groups and we knew that nurses often find it very difficult to get away from shifts and attend training and that they're quite in a pivotal position in terms of well-being in their teams and in terms of the patient experience. We've got examples of members of staff that have really embraced the training and that have been champions of it then they've gone back onto their own wards to talk about it. For example Pauline Stewart who's a staff nurse has really found the training very valuable and has actually talked a lot about how she's used it in her practice and with other members of staff. Hi my name is Pauline Stewart I'm a mental health staff nurse at Ward 20, North Tyneside General Hospital. I put in like a sick line. I stayed off work. Managers phoned me quite promptly asking um, how I was, how they could help, and could I attend what they called mindfulness training, resilience training. So I came, al I, I must say it was all very quick, which was great because it was such a huge support system. and just a place of sanctuary for me because of what was going on at home. I think we had from the outset a lot of engagement from our senior managers and trust board. We've got a HR director that's been very valuing of psychology in terms of support for individuals and in terms of support for teams. And our chief executive as well, Jim Mackey at the time, was very keen on us doing this sort of work. So I think we were kind of pushing against a, an open door really in that we didn't have to do too much convincing. It was always seen as part of our wider role that we would look at preventing stress and improving performance in teams as well as individual support for staff that were experiencing mental health problems. Looking around the room and seeing that there were other nurses that I have worked with and really respect and I know they do a good job under sometimes like difficult circumstances, challenging circumstances. So the general respect for them and the fact that I was thinking well because there can be a stigma associated. I think that is lessening now because we are all talking about it which is the most wonderful thing because I know the people in the room we we knew each other but out with when we went back to work it was a kind of quiet acknowledgement of being for the training, are we going to try and cascade it into the wards because this stuff works? However, if you do not make that time for yourself, no one will. And the beauty of it is it takes five, six minutes. It's about going to a quiet place, away from everything, concentrating on your breathing and reflecting on what is the best approach for you. And you know, you go and consult someone or you might find the answer to the approach or it's also about reflecting perhaps how not to approach a situation. But the essentials are, take time out, five minutes, 10 minutes, that would be going to the toilet anyway, which nurses are notorious for not going, but make yourself go. When we were trained by Paul uh, to roll out the training, we decided that we needed to do some project management around this, particularly when we were going to do over the last year a whole lot of work w just with the nurses. So Kath Egdell, who's our specialist staff counsellor, has taken a lead in the project management around this resilience training. Hi, it's Kath from Staff Psychology. How can I help you? 
Oh, you want to come on the resilience? Yes. Um, just give us a second. I'm just going to see what we've got left. It's really popular at the minute. Hello, my oh, name's Kath Eggdall. Um, I'm a specialist staff counsellor here at Northumbria Healthcare Trust. And I'll make sure we get you booked on. That's great. Thank you. Bye. I think one of the huge issues that we found right at the beginning was admin support. Um, I mean, there's obviously things like getting support from management and on high, but in terms of practical hands-on stuff, if you haven't got enough admin, it's a nightmare. Uh, I spent a lot of the, f the first part of the project doing a lot of the admin myself, um, which was great in some ways because it meant I knew every nook and cranny of it. Um, but then when we, we developed the project and rolled it out um, to the 600 nurses that we've put through, I could not possibly do that on my own and I had to take on board admin support from our learning and development section um, and it was hard, it was like handing over your baby um, but actually they've, they've done a great job, they've got the project through for us. I think you really need to have a lot of perseverance, I think you've got to really be able to push when the times get tough. We, we always knew when we started the project um, that there might be periods during the year, particularly around the winter pressure time that staff may tail off coming and really I think part of my job then was to, to, to keep the faith and really try and continue to get the message out there. I think we've learnt things as we've gone along so I think we've learnt about the value of how we promote it and communicate the training to people, the importance of people attending it on a voluntary basis. I guess one of the pitfalls has been where sometimes staff have felt they've been sent on it in order to get more resilient and there may be a bit of resistance to that because they feel that their causes of stress need to be addressed in a different way. We've taken quite an organic approach to it really in that because we tested it out with smaller groups of staff the reputation built itself really through word of mouth so we found that there's been quite a bottom-up approach to this if you like at grassroots level where staff have attended found it valuable found it very different to the traditional stat and mandatory training that they tend to do and were quite pleasantly surprised at that because it was something they felt was for them rather than something that they had to do that was a trust request. Because I do it now and I have done it for so long it's automatic pilot which is the beauty of it and I'll give you an example it was a student a lovely student she was so keen and before we went into one of the areas where could have been a situation which challenged because we had to intervene and help this woman who was mentally physically deteriorated and basically wash her and tend to her needs so the student was naturally anxious but what I did was I made sure I stood with the student for a moment I said I'm just going to role play this out with you we're going to talk about when we're going, what may happen, how we're going to do it, we're going to do, the, do that if you can think of anything. And I talked her through it and I think by taking that time just to say that there is no pressure involved here, it's this is how we can, what do you think and if this happens, we and that I think grew from that standing still, taking stock. I do feel passionately that other NHS trusts should pick up the training just because I know it's a good product, this resilience training. There's a lot of different resilience training programmes out there, but this one we've rigorously evaluated. Um, we've developed the programme based on the feedback that we've received as well. And yes, yeah, staff are just really interested in this training and when it's offered, hundreds of staff will volunteer. So yeah, I think if the trusts have the resources, it, it is a really good offering. Oh.